What's up, guys? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Rife, and this podcast is about lifestyle, manifestation, travel, and entrepreneurship. Lately, it has been heavily into entrepreneurship, but today's episode is very much focused on the spiritual woo-woo side of things. We have Erin Claire Jones on, who is a human design expert, and let me tell you, human design is wild. This is actually probably one of the hardest interviews I've ever had to do. And to be honest, I never really have a problem with interviews. I went to school for that. I have a broadcast journalism degree. I got my master's in digital media and storytelling. So I don't really have an issue with interviewing. But for some reason, this one was so hard because human design is so complex. It basically is a self-assessment or self-awareness tool. And it combines principles of astrology, Kabbalah, quantum physics, the chakra system. It's basically all these things woven into one. And your human design is based on what time you were born, where you were born, and the date. So it's very different than astrology because that just sounds like astrology, right? I was like, okay, so we just have a human design profile and then we read our little human design horoscope every day and it's like, no, 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 that's not it at all. So if you are like me and you're like, well, then what is it? What is it supposed to do? How are we supposed to use these profiles? This is the podcast to listen to. Erin has so much experience with this that she actually now reads human design charts full time. This is her job because that's how powerful she really thinks this tool is. She helps corporations out. She helps couples out. She just helps people navigate their lives. And essentially the way I would explain it is that it gives you permission to fully be you and navigate through life changes. So it's not like one of those things where you take a quiz and you get your profile type and then you're like, yep, that's me. I knew it. That's what I, I am. I'm a blah, blah, blah. Yep. Of course, that's me. I'm a blah, blah, blah. And I still do that. For example, with human design, I'm a reflector. Apparently, reflectors are very rare. Less than 1% of the human population is a reflector. And it just means you have really sensitive energy and you kind of chameleon everyone's energy around you. And you're really sensitive to that which I believe is true, but then it's like kind of like astrology where if I were to read someone else's horoscope, I would be like, yeah, I mean, I could apply that to myself too. So that's the part that I really have a hard time grasping is like, am I supposed to live by this? Is this just supposed to help me? Is it something to turn to in hard times? And that's what Erin Claire Jones discusses. So I hope you find value in this episode and really get into human design like I am. Now I'm obsessed. I'm reading posts every day about it. She has so many amazing posts on her Instagram for each profile. I'm listening to podcasts about it. It's just popping up everywhere now too. It's one of those things that once you hear about it, you will likely see it more and more. So yeah, I think you guys are going to find a lot of value from this. If you are a first time listener, I usually do updates in the beginning of the podcast about my life in Australia. I moved here nine months ago, which is absolutely wild. But basically the only updates I have are around entrepreneurship because that's what I've been doing since quarantine happened. And this is something that I thought I would be speaking about in a few years down the line when I had way more success. And I honestly just had to throw myself into what I've been wanting to do all my passion projects. And because of that, I almost like accidentally fell into being an entrepreneur, which is funny because I wanted to be one for so long. But once I actually started showing up and treating everything like a business, for example, my yoga brand, Yoga Girl Next Door, and my podcast, this podcast that you're listening to right now, really looking at it as this is an extension 
of me and my company. And when I say company, it was made up in my head. I didn't have a company. I was just like, I'm going to have a company. So I need to treat these two brands like actual brands that are making revenue and have accountants and processes and organizational systems. Like I got really serious about it. And because of that, I actually filed for an LLC, which got approved this week. So Rife Media LLC is officially a business that I own now. I can't even believe it. Like even saying that out loud is something that I have a hard time grasping. And that's actually what I want to talk about in this intro. So if I don't have any Australia updates, I want to give more of uh, insight or tips, if you will, like a tip of the week. So I would say my biggest one right now is learning that if you don't make offers to people and if you don't share your gifts by reaching out to people, nothing's going to happen. So what I realized with my podcast is I've been doing this for three years. I've been doing this since 2017, pretty much every week. There were definitely times where I took breaks, but I was just thinking, you know, why don't I have a sponsor? Why haven't I created anything from this? I mean, I've had amazing guests on and I have stickers and I have awesome listeners. That's why I do it every single week for free. I mean, I'm 70 plus episodes in. But I always was thinking, you know, why is someone not knocking on my door to work with me or collaborate or partner? Like I'm just putting in all this work. And you know what I realized? I've never asked. I have never asked anyone to collaborate with me. I've never asked a brand to partner with me. I've never reached out to a studio. I've never, ever done that. So why would anything happen to me? If you never ask, the answer is always no. And that is something that clicked when I started teaching yoga classes, which is funny because I just started teaching yoga. I have not just started the podcast, but with my yoga, I started doing online classes and I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to as many people as I can in my network and see if they want to practice with me, see if they have any feedback to get this off the ground as I really know how much a 20 to 30 minute practice can do. I'm all about low impact, short movement right now. And I just was hitting up everyone, just friends. Hey, if you guys want to come, would love to see you. And I was expecting like five or 10 people to come. In the last four weeks, over 50 people have come to my classes. And this is way unexpected. Like I said, my my maximum goal was to get 10 people total uh, by the end of a, a few weeks. I was just like, okay, hopefully I can get 10, 15, maximum 20 would be amazing. I think there were over 40 people on my class last week and I was absolutely blown away. And I just realized what is the difference between the success of this yoga brand, which I started barely six months ago, and my podcast that I've had for three years, which is something that I am so passionate about. It's because I made offers and I outreach to people. I directly messaged people literally on Instagram, said, hey, I'm offering these classes. I think you might be interested. What do you think? Here's the link to sign up. And I would say 90% of people signed up. So this is probably a huge lesson, not only for me, but anyone listening that is starting a company or is scared to start one, or maybe you started one and nothing's really happening. It doesn't even have to be a service. It could be maybe you're selling a course. Maybe you're offering advice to people as a coach. Maybe you want to develop a product. You have to reach out to people and ask. There's no way I would have seen success from this online yoga if I was just sitting back and posting content and hoping people would come which was my strategy before. I was like, if I do enough Instagram posts, enough Instagram stories, all these people will sign up. And while I definitely do that to provide value and I'm getting a ton of DMs from people that say it's helpful, that's not enough. I need to actually reach out to people and tell them, here's the offer that I have that I think you guys will find value from. I'm not just blasting this off to every single person I know. I'm truly thinking about 
you know, does this person practice yoga? And if not, what can I offer them? Because I know personally, I never used to resonate with yoga until it became more relatable to me. So that's what I wanted to do for other people, which is why I was reaching out to very specific people. So the lesson here is you have to ask people, you have to make an offer, you have to outreach, no matter how many Instagram posts you do, if you make a private Facebook group and add people, no matter how many people you're, you just talk to on a daily basis about what you do, it's not going to turn any, into anything if you don't ask, right? You're not even giving the person a chance to say yes or no if you don't ask the question. So if you're even in the beginning stages of wanting to market something, you should be asking people, is this a good idea? What do you think of this? Hey, do you mind coming to this and giving me feedback for free? Or hey, did you check this post out? Could you take a look and let me know what you think? You are never going to get anywhere if you don't ask. So that is my tip of the week. Just ask and believe and receive. That's my motto lately. Ask, believe, receive. Things have been happening. Like I said, because I'm asking, I'm now receiving. And because I'm receiving, I'm believing. And it's easier for me now to believe what's going on, that this yoga stuff is really taking off. And because of that, it gave me the confidence to file that LLC. That got approved within a week. And now I just feel a world of difference. I mean, this is all within the last month. I A month ago, I was like chilling, watching Netflix, doing a few posts here and there, working on the podcast and something just clicked. And now that I've done it, it is really taking off. And I just wanted to share that experience because I know a lot of people are using this downtime to work on something. And so I really want to share these insights because, you know, we have how I built this, we have all these fun podcasts, but I'm going through it right now. You know, I'm not a multi-million dollar company. I am not backed by investors. I really am just a one-man show. So I think it's important to share this stuff every single week with you so you guys can follow along. Like I, I say in a lot of podcasts, this is almost like an audio diary so that you guys can... I'm almost two steps ahead of you and it's easier to learn when someone is two steps ahead of you versus a hundred steps ahead of you or five years ahead of you, right? So if you're trying to start, it's like I'm only a month ahead of you. So why not just start? Hopefully that was helpful and I cannot wait for you guys to hear about Erin Claire Jones' experience with human design and what it can do for you. Let me know what human design you are because I want to see what qualities or um, personality traits you have because I want to see if that really matches up with what I think human design is. For example, I just guessed that my roommate was a projector and it was right. And then I guess that one of my friends is a manifesting generator and I was right. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm good at guessing this. It's just a fun little game. So yeah, DM me your human design. Let me know what you think. As always, rate, review, subscribe. If you found value in this conversation, you know reviews help. And we are always looking to bring value to you guys. So whatever you want to hear next, please let me know at nonexpertopinionpod at Chelsea Reif, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com, or check out the website inmynonexpertopinion.com. With that, let's dive into the episode. All right, guys, you know I am so into spirituality lately. I've been looking into astrology, human design, all these different profile types, the, what's it called, Ayurveda. There's so many different things, but human design has really piqued my interest lately, and I needed an expert on, and thankfully, Erin Claire Jones is with us. She is a human design guide and leadership coach. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I have been getting all my friends on the human design train. We're looking at profiles. We're trying to figure out how to even work with each other. And it's just such an interesting field. Can you actually explain what human design even is? 
Yeah. So human design is a system that's based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it gives you your energetic DNA. So what I mean by that is it helps you understand how you're meant to make decisions, communicate, work within teams, cultivate relationships, literally all the things. And it really just gives us like our own operating manual. It's like we come into this life without an operating manual and human design is like, here it is. And so it really is what I love about it is it not only gives us the self-knowledge, the awareness of like, who we are, but also the tools to really step into it in every possible way. And I find that often when I'm sitting with people, it's not about telling them stuff they don't know. It's all the stuff they already do know, but haven't really given themselves full permission to really step into. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. How did you get into this field? So definitely not a thing that I think I could have like predicted. I don't even know if human design is a field right now. I think it's still like so nascent, you know? Um, But I think that I, you know, I was always into personal development and different kind of modalities for self-discovery. But I had been working at startups, been working in business my entire career and was just like, a little bit frustrated because I was just like, there are like these amazing ideas. There are amazing people gathering around the ideas, but like there's so much dysfunction and actually working together and understanding each other. And like, my interest is always just like in the people, like how can they better function as a unit? And I think when I discovered human design, it was just like such an aha moment for me because like I'd been doing so many different explorations and certifications on the side, but it felt like my own kind of like woo-woo exploration that was like just for me. But I think when I discovered human design, it just felt like such a bridge because like, even though it comes from the stars and can be incredibly esoteric, it is so grounded, it is so actionable, it can be so simple. And so I really saw the potential to not only use it to transform my own life and the people that around me, but also on a company level, like really helping people kind of understand how different people function, how to really honor just the differences and how to just like function better as a unit. And so I think that I was so drawn to human design because I knew that it could be the bridge into that world. And so, you know, so many of my clients are people like you that are like already on their path and learning and like, you know, ready to learn and explore more. But then like, also, you know, I had a client yesterday who she's like, I've sat with everyone on her team, people that would like literally never, you know, choose human design. You know, they would never find a system that like is based on your exact time, date and place of birth. But like it resonated so deeply, you know, and they're buying sessions for their wives. They're like telling everyone on the team to do it. So like, it's just so cool to see how broadly it can impact people. So, um, you know, that's a long winded answer, but I think that I was just so drawn to kind of just like the grounded nature of it. Yeah. And how did you come about it? Because to me, it was found on social media. So I'm curious how, if mm. you have been in it for longer, where, where did that discovery come from? Yeah, it was from a person. Um, I definitely like had never heard of human design. I discovered it in 2015 and I live in New York and I was sitting at a gathering and a guy sat next to me and like, we had just been like kind of drawn to each other, like wanted to talk. And he ended up looking at my human design on his phone. And like, I was like, I have no idea what the system is, but like, this looks intriguing. And he basically just started telling me all this stuff that felt so familiar. It felt so just intuitive. I was like, Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And it was like, all the stuff that I really hadn't allowed myself to step into. And he ended the conversation by being like, and by the way, like we're meant to work together. And he was like saying that based on our charts and basically how they interacted as a unit. And I was like, what, you know? And so then like, I took a little bit of time and I reconnected while I was in LA and he started introducing me to how human design, like I said, can be used on a company level. And I was just like all in. So I ended up building a company. He'd been studying human design for 10 years. And I ended up building a company with him for two years. And it really was interesting. Cause I was like, so convinced that like, this was the future, but like no one was ready for it. And everyone thought I was like a little bit absurd and that it was like, so out there. And um, 
And so I got a little bit discouraged because I was like, people aren't ready for this and I can't force the timing. And it really wasn't until early 2018 that like it started, you could probably find it on social media. There was just like a much greater awareness of it. And, um, that's when I also launched my own practice. And that this practice is reading human design charts or what does it consist of? So, you know, my mission is to really make human design just simple, accessible, practicable, super actionable. And so I do do sessions. That's not the only piece only because that really limits how many people I can work with. So I do individual sessions. I work with partners. I work with teams. I also have an offering called the blueprint, which is a 30 page PDF that I put together on people's designs. And so that's allowed me to like work with thousands more people, you know, which has been amazing. Um, so those are the core offerings right now, but you know, there's so many, there's so much more. I think right now I'm kind of like to the broom. I don't really have the capacity to do much more. Um, but I think once we kind of like hand off some of these other, um, the core things then I can start to, you know, develop new offerings and new courses and trainings and all those things. But it really is just like finding a new way, a new, super accessible, actionable way of really speaking about human design and reaching as many people as I can. I love that. What about human design's origin? Where did it come from? Like who discovered it itself? So very mystical story, which I really love telling to companies. They're always like, what? Um, but I think, you know, there was a guy, the founder, his name is Ra Uhuruhu. He's no longer alive, but he was living in Canada and then he was in Ibiza and basically had a very mystical experience where he was walking home one day and he heard a voice and the voice was like, it's time to work. And so for basically eight days and eight nights, he channeled the system, meaning he just like received all this information that felt like he didn't even know where it was coming from. And then spent the next 20 years building it out. And so building the software to kind of produce the charts and all the different, you know, applications of human design. And I think that it's just like, it's such a deep system. You know, I think that like, when you look up your human design chart online, like that's only a small percentage of like, what's actually there. Like when you look up on a deeper software, you can see so many deeper layers of like how you're meant to like best digest food, like the environments you're meant to be and like how your cognition and your mind works. So like, there are just so many layers. So like, I think, you know, what really like is so beautiful to me about human design. And I think so unique is that it basically lets us know like not all the things we know about ourselves, of course, that piece, but also like all the unconscious stuff, like all the energetic stuff that's underneath the surface that we maybe felt, but haven't totally had access to. And it really gives us a language for that. And I think also just, you know, it, the idea is that it draws from a lot of different systems. So when you look at a human design chart, you'll see pieces from astrology, from the Kabbalah, from the I Ching, from the chakra system, from quantum physics, genetics, biochemistry. So the idea is that when he really received the knowledge, he was like, this is really like a quantum system. It's the first kind of like 21st century system that kind of like integrates all the pieces to just give us like our blueprint. So that sounds so complex. And he had, it sounds like he had like a fever dream, like a download and just got to work, like you said, but you know, there's people listening that are like, how do we know that this isn't bullshit? Like, how do we know that this guy didn't just make all this up? And what do you say to people that do have that skepticism? You know, I think that my sense is like, yes, I think that we can be, you know, naive or gullible as humans. But I also just like, I think that like, I don't really know what the point for him would be making it up because if it didn't resonate, I think that he'd probably lose followers pretty quickly, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But I think my experience is that, you know, my business partner is, you know, is a natural, maybe not a skeptic, but just like, you know, is not going to just like take these things at first glance and be like, okay, that's true. And I think, you know, having this conversation with him, it's really been like, it doesn't actually matter whether it's true. Like, and I do believe it's true only because like, I just, the detail is like blows my mind away. But like, he's like, it doesn't matter whether it's true. It just matters whether or not it's helpful. 
you know? And I guess I've just worked with like so many thousands of people at this point and like seen it been, seen it be so helpful and like so specific and so deep, like that I'm just like, who knows? Like for me, there's like so much magic and not totally understanding how it works, but just knowing that it can be so useful. And like, I got a message from a woman yesterday and she'd been at one of my talks last year. And she was like, I looked at, like, I made my partner look up his human design. And he basically is like, this is freaking me out. Like, why have they been following me around for like the past 32 years? And like, <laughs> it's just like, it just like is so specific. So I think that it can feel a little bit wild, those origins. And I think that I, I understand that. But again, I would really focus on like, is it useful? You know, and I think so often mm-hmm. when I sit with people, particularly in companies, like, you know, they just end up getting to a point where they're like, this resonates on such a cellular level and is like so revealing in terms of like how I can become more aligned that I don't actually care where it comes from, you know? And so I just think there's like only so much that our mind can do. It's like when I think about all these systems that are like us analyzing people, like I think what human design does is it looks at all these layers underneath the surface that like we don't totally have conscious access to and just like gives us a language for them. Right. The thing that I heard earlier was based on what was it, birth, time, location, and date. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds so similar to astrology and birth chart readings. How would someone know the difference? Like, I think you said astrology is just a piece of it. Yeah, it, it pulls in astrology. It also uses often different calculations than astrology. But, you know, both of that, the information is going to generate different things. You know, I think like, the, when you put it into a human design software, it doesn't generate a natal chart. It generates kind of like, you'll see it. We call it your body graph. It's like, you can actually see your body and like how the energy is moving through it. The things that are consistent within you, the areas where you're sensitive. Um, and so the idea is that it's kind of just like our imprint, you know? So it's like when we're born based on where the planets are, based on what's going on, like there's just kind of like, and something called the neutrino, which I don't think it's so useful to get into, but it's basically just like these little particles that help us like make us who we are, you know? And so I think human design just kind of reveals that imprint of like, this is who are you are the minute you're born. It doesn't put you in a box in any way. It's not like predicting your future. You know, it's not being like, and when you're 20, you'll do this. And when you're 30, you're going to become a lawyer. It's just like more like, this is how you're meant to best. Like this is your operating system. This is how you're meant to make decisions, communicate. And you can kind of use that to express yourself and navigate life in any way that you choose. I'm glad you said the thing about predicting the future, because I think that's the part where a lot of people get hung up of, oh, well, how can I believe something if it has my whole life laid out for me? Like if I just make a different decision, my life would completely change. So then they, they want to be almost, a lot of things are putting you in a box and this is not, Mm -hmm. oh, you get to act this way or be like this because you are a reflector. It's like, here's the operating manual for if you're a reflector, almost how to like optimize your best life. I don't know if that's a good way to explain it. Totally. I totally think it is. And I just like, and I am grateful for that because I don't think I'd be very good at predicting the future. I don't think I would like, I don't think that's often useful. It's just like everything's changing so quickly. I don't think we all have like a super set, you know, path. I think that like there is a level of choice and like, and I think what human design does is it helps us understand how we're meant to operate in a way that's just going to feel more aligned for us. And like the more traditional name of human design, it's called the science of differentiation, which is just that like, we're all super different and life becomes a little bit easier when we honor those differences. Um, but yes, and I also think that I did worry that it would put people in a box or that they would feel confined, but like, I just have never had that experience because I think so often 
the overwhelming sentiment is relief because they're like, oh my God, that is who I am. And oh my God, I haven't had felt permission to be that my entire life. So like, are you really telling me I get to operate in that way? You know, and especially for reflector, like I'd love to hear your experience discovering it and leaning into it because reflectors are 1% of the population. So like, it's mm-hmm. a particularly important system for them to discover because like, like so much of the work of a reflector is knowing that like you just like operate by a different set of rules than everyone else. And life is going to become like a lot easier when you just honor that. Absolutely. We're, we need to get into that, but I want to start in the beginning. Like, let's say someone is like, Ooh, this sounds really cool. I want to figure out what my human design is. What specific either website or resource would you drive them to? Yeah. So if you want to look up your human design, there are lots of sites online for me. My website's erinclairjones.com slash look up. And so I would start by looking up your chart. Um, it's going to look crazy. Don't try to understand it all at once. That's so not the point because there's no way to, but I think the key things that I would encourage you to look at are your type, your strategy, and your authority. There are five different types, five different types in human design, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. Every type will have a corresponding strategy. And then the authority is something separate, which is basically how we're meant to make decisions. So like, if you're going to take away anything from your human design, I would start there. Like, you know, I'm of course biased, like the blueprint, one of my offerings, the 30 page PDF is like such a great way to just get all the key pieces, like all those three pieces and so much more to kind of like understand how to actually integrate it into your life in a super accessible way. But I would not feel the need to like learn it all at once because the point of human design is to not just give you more information. It's to like give you tools to really integrate it into your life. Yeah. It does look really complex when you download it and it's just things you've never seen. So when you see like not self theme and incarnation cross, you're like, what What does this mean? I've never seen this. So I'm glad you have a resource that people can can look at. So there's those five different types, five, right? Five different types. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. And which one are you? I'm a projector. Projector. Okay. Can we walk through, I know each one is so specific, but maybe like the basics of each profile. Mm -hmm. Of course. That's not even the right word. Each, whatever. What do you call it? Type. type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I know. And also some of the language human design is just so funny. It's just like, yeah. it's not always so intuitive, which is why some of it needs a bit of translating. But I think that the majority of the population are manifesting generators and generators. This does not mean that you're boring or they're like, you're like everyone else. Like I, I just remember this is the first piece. Like I made thousands of blueprints. Every single one is unique. Everyone's incredibly different, but manifesting generators and generators are the majority because this is the life force. These are the people that have the energy and the like life force to make things happen. They're here to bring things to life. The most important thing in the world is that they're doing work that is deeply satisfying to them. They're meant to kind of wake up in the morning with like a full tank of energy to use up their energy in super satisfying ways throughout the day. And then kind of like crash and wake up recharge. If they haven't kind of fully exhausted their tank, they might go to bed and feel depleted because they haven't actually used their energy in a way that feels good or even just like restless because they're like, I haven't fully exhausted my tank. Like I've got to use it all up, you know? And I think that the difference in the two is that manifesting generators often thrive when they have their energy in a lot of things at once. They're not really meant to do just one thing. Their gift is like in their multi-passionate nature. And often they move very quickly and kind of like skip some steps along the way because their gift is really that of efficiency and having their hand in all the things at once. But so often, for example, they've been made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much, but like they actually need that level of stimulation to kind of be satisfied and successful. Then we have the generators, which, you know, similar in so many ways, but they really are here to master the process to go really deeply into something, master it. And then when it's time to move on. And so my encouragement for both of these types is like, just very simply knowing that 
where you have the most impact is when you're really investing in relationships and projects and jobs that light you up in all the ways. When you're lit up by what you're doing, you're creating energy for everyone else. So really asking yourself, are there things that I'm committing to on a regular basis, whether it's a dinner with a friend, whether it's an aspect of my job that just feels draining and depleting and as much as you can pulling your energy out of that thing, you know, and into the things that truly do let you up. Is that clear? Mm-hmm. I'm laughing at the manifesting generator because I have a friend that is one and it, everything you just said, I'm like, yep, she does that. She does that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm like, it is so spot on. It's so crazy. You know what I mean? And again, it just gives us permission. Like so often manifesting generators are like, oh my God, like I need to have one career. I need to be super linear. Like I'm, I've been told I'm too much. And it's just like, but that is your magic. You're kind of supposed to be our superhumans. I'm just like, but like, we're going to probably get tripped up if you and I try to keep up with them. You know what I mean? But if we just honor the fact that they're incredibly different and allow them to do all those things that can be so beautiful for everyone involved. And you know, and it's so fun. I work a lot with teams and kind of engineering teams based on this. And it really is so cool because like manifesting generators carry such a different energy, but they're going to need the right support around them. Um, then we have manifestors. So actually let me talk about projectors. So projectors are the ones that are really here to be our leaders, our guides, our advisors, our teachers. They're really not here to do all the doing. So as a projector, it's really knowing that your gift is not in how much you do, how hard you work, but it's really in the way that you see the world. It's in your perspective often projectors make amazing managers or guides or just kind of like, you know, whether it's a CEO or manager of a team, like they really are here to kind of support and guide other people's energy. Often projectors like love systems, especially systems that like help them understand people or even just to make things more efficient. They kind of joke with projectors and there's going to be a little bit of truth in this for reflectors too, is that we're meant to work like three hours a day. And the idea with that is just that like our work is to really like honor the ebbs and flows of our energy and not find our worth and all the doing, you know? So it's like leveraging the energy when it's there, resting when it's not, spending time alone. The recommendation for projectors, manifestors and reflectors, especially, although I kind of believe it's true for everyone, is that it's really good to sleep in your own physical space, like sleep in your own bed, you know, maybe sleep on the couch some nights. Like the idea is that we take in so, projectors are so sensitive that just like sleeping in their own energy is such a powerful way to kind of let go of all the energy that's not theirs and really kind of wake up as themselves. So is that one clear? Yeah, that one, I'm like speechless because I'm like, there's so much to unpack with that because it's like, you know, sleeping alone. That that to me sounds amazing. I'm like, finally, someone that is letting, like you said, giving permission. Like I, I always have a hard time sleeping anyways. Yeah. And that probably does have a lot to do with the energy I take on, but I'm a reflector, which we can get to. But yes. what you're saying of like the whole taking in the energy and sleeping in your own space and recharging resonates a mm. lot. And then on the other side of them working three hours a day, that like makes sense too. Cause I'm, I always say like, where did this 40 hours a week become a global worldwide requirement? Like how could someone that is an engineer need the same exact time as someone who is a painter? Like that doesn't even make sense. So I'm so glad to hear that there is, like you said, kind of recommendations and ways that you can operate to not drain yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. And just like, do it in a way that's really sustainable. Like as a projector, personally, like I spent most of my life trying to be a generator, you know? And like, yeah. And like we can often as projectors, like our biggest shadow is becoming overzealous and becoming like super generators, but like we just burn out in it so deeply. And so like, I've just learned that like, I'm just not ever going to be as good at being a generator as a generator. And so like, it's been so much better to kind of step into what I uniquely bring as a projector and then bringing in generators and manifesting generators around me to kind of bring that powerful life force energy. But 
really just so powerful to kind of step into who we are and what we uniquely bring. You know, one thing I didn't mention, but is key is that, you know, every type, like I mentioned, will have a strategy. So the strategy for generators and manifesting generators is magnetism, basically letting life to come, letting life come to them and waiting for a gut response before they go after something. So not kind of initiating from this place in their head and feeling a pressure. The strategy for us as projectors is waiting for an invitation and a real sense of authentic recognition before engaging. Um, and the idea is that like, because we bring something so unique to the table, we need a real sense of recognition to make sure that we're going to share our gifts in a way that feels really good. It's not a passive thing. Like so much of the work of a projector is making yourself visible, letting people know that you exist so that people can invite you in. And then we have manifestors. So manifestors are the ones that are here to initiate, get things started, make things happen, um, get the ball rolling. Like they often need a lot of freedom and autonomy and control. They're really not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way. They're really here to do things on their own terms in their own way. So if they're working within a company, it's really good to have just like their own domain. It's like, this is your domain, go do what you please, let us know how it goes, but having that kind of ultimate freedom. Or I see a lot of manifestors working for themselves because it just feels more natural to really kind of be able to chart their own path. And so, and often they can just like be a little bit, they can see the future and feel like everyone else is like a little bit behind the times. They're very naturally innovative. And my encouragement for them is they can be a little bit polarizing in their energy. Like they've got such power and such impact in their presence that often when they're standing in it unapologetically, they can be like super inspiring for other people and like a little bit triggering for others. So my encouragement to them is to like never try to like fit in or people please, but to really just like honor that, like just power that they naturally carry and like stand as tall in it as they can. Their strategy is all about initiating. So they're here to make the first move when it comes to dating jobs, all the things, but also about informing one of the most important things for you as a manifestor. I know not you, but anyone who's listening is it's all about really, once you've made a decision to do something, it's reflecting on all the people that decision is going to impact and making sure you let them know. And it's not going to be, and it's not about explaining yourself or justifying any of it. It's a way to kind of allow you to manifest with a bit more ease because when people know what you're doing, they feel like um, they can just kind of be on your train with you on board with you. And you might feel a little bit more supported. Yeah. I was going to ask about the strategy because when you talk about it, I'm wondering how specific that gets. So what I mean by that is, are these strategies that we should be looking at for only major life decisions or the day to day? Here's an example. Oh, I want to ask that guy out as a reflector. Am I supposed to wait a lunar cycle or is Mm. it like, that's not, is this, that's not the same as, Oh, I want to like change careers or, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. So the authority is going to let's shed a little bit more light on this. I think with the strategy, you kind of want the strategy all the time. You know what I mean? And like, you know, say as a manifester, like they really are meant to just like initiate, you know, in all the ways, like if somebody invites them to do something, it doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. But it also means that like when they have the urge to initiate, they should do it. I think in terms of the generators and manifesting generators, they're waiting for a response. Like they're like, if they, with everything, when it comes to dating relationships, all the things like the gut response is going to let them know what they're available for. I think as projectors, like the invitation is most relevant when it comes to like really sharing our gifts. Like, you know, we don't necessarily need an invitation to like study a new modality, similar to you as reflector, you know, or to like, you know, move to a new city. But like when it involves like working with someone, dating someone, living with someone, that's where that invitation piece is key. And it might not always be formal. It could be really energetic. It could be like, oh my God, like I met this person on a dating app. I feel super recognized. I'm going to keep leaning into it, you know, or like it could be two projectors inviting each other. So I think that like I would remind people that human design is so meant to be like a very empowering tool. And so if it ever feels like it's like limiting you or holding you back in any way, like, you know, 
don't, that's obviously not the right way to be using it. Um, so I would, and play with it. You know, we also call human design an experiment. Like I played with the invitation so much to see what it really means for me. I think for you as a reflector, like, you know, in terms of the lunar cycle, that's like just, and you know, so for everyone, like we all have different ways of making decisions for reflectors. It's about ideally giving themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. And the idea is that they can really just sample a decision for a lot of different options there. So I wouldn't be like, I'm not going to ask this person out for a month, but more like I'm going to let myself really sink into this relationship for some time without like making a big commitment. Like I wouldn't recommend that you like move in with someone after two weeks. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I would, which I don't know if I would really recommend anyone do that, but I think that like people can do what feels right to them. Like some people are meant to be super spontaneous in that way. But I think for you, it's like, you've got to just like really sample something from so many different angles. And you kind of go through this very powerful cycle every 30 days that you're kind of designed to get some clarity through that. So I would just encourage you with whatever you do, like just to have that patience. Like I had a reflector client recently where she like took a job pretty immediately. And even though she didn't take a full lunar cycle, she was kind of giving herself permission that like, I'm going to like check in after 30 days or maybe after a month and a half and see if this is really the right place for me. And if it's not, I'll like allow myself to move on because I know that I did jump into it. That's so good to hear. Yeah. Because I was like thinking about it when I read about it and I was like, I'm so impulsive. Does it, why do I have to wait 28 days for everything? Like I took it very literal, like, nope, you can't do this until it's been 28 days. You can't ask this person out. You can't do this. And like you said, it's not supposed to limit you. And I think that's maybe a misconception about human design. Like it's not like you're trying to go against the type that you are to, to, do something like I'm trying to articulate this. Um, like I think the best part that you just, you said out of that was this is an empowerment tool. So if you're not resonating with it, it's like, then do something different. Yeah. And like treat it as like, we always call human design an experiment. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. and it's only because it's not like I sit with people and it's like, this is your truth. Like follow my rules. Like that's just not Mm -hmm. the point. Like the magic of human design. And I know we haven't talked about the authority piece yet, but basically we all have different ways of making decisions. And so human design is like really here to encourage you to stop looking outside for answers and kind of tap into your own inner authority in a way that you can like rely on every time for how you make decisions. So really what it's doing is like connecting people more deeply into themselves and like helping them trust themselves, you know? So it's just like really like always honor your authority in terms of actually deciding like how to navigate and how to move. So I think that it is, again, it's really just supposed to bring people deeper into who they are. Right. Okay. So now reflectors, can we go over the basics of them? Yeah. So reflectors are about 1%, like I said earlier. So obviously very unique. Um, the idea, and they're a little bit harder to feel into, like every kind of type has an energetic signature and reflectors are like part of your magic is in your fluidity. So like, I feel like my reflector friends like have been a little bit harder to feel into. And then I'm like, Oh, I see it because like so much of being a reflector is that like, you're not really meant to be just one thing. You know, like your identity is really going to shift and mutate and evolve over the course of a month and over the course of your li- of your life, you know? And so you might have periods where you feel like a generator or a manifestor or a projector, you know? And so the work is to just like honor the ebbs and flows and allow yourself to be a little bit surprised by how you're waking up every day. And you know that you also might feel different based on like who you're with and where you are not trying to be just one thing. You're also somebody who's incredibly sensitive to your environment. So one of the best things that you can do is choose to be in spaces that feel good to you. You basically are collective mirrors. You're kind of reflecting back the health of an environment, whether it's the health of a community, a city, 
you know, uh, we're a team, whatever it is. And so just being in a space that feels good is so key. Like if you're in a community that's really functioning well, people are feeling good, like you're going to feel great, you know, but if you're in a really toxic work environment and people are really unhappy, like you're going to mirror and magnify that, you know? And so just being so selective about the environments you're choosing, that means like making sure your home feels good, your city feels good. If you're working in an office that that feels good. If you go on a date with someone that you choose the restaurant, like as much as you can honoring that hypersensitivity to space, Within the context of business, we call these people the evaluators because they've got such a profound ability to kind of just like see things that other people have missed um, and really just like help people know like how to kind of move forward and work in a better way. And so like they just like are so valuable in their perspective. I always say the ideal place for them in a business is to be like the CEO whisperer, which I know is like not really a job you can apply for, but it's just ideas that like when you're like in the ear of the CEO, just like whispering all the things that you see, like that can be so impactful for the company, for everyone around. So being in places, whether it's a romantic relationship or business where you're so invited in and recognized and valued for your perspective. How does wow, that feel to you? Is 100% spot on. I'm like, <gasps> because I remember actually before part of me moving to Australia was because I did feel that whole, I am not meant to do one thing. And I even mm. told my mom, which is so funny that you said, you might have like so many different things going on. I told my mom, like, mom, I want to wear 11 different hats. It's not like I'm trying to switch careers and just go down one path. Like I see myself making five different income streams at all times. And then even last week or two, my brother was like, my friends ask what you do and I don't know what to tell them. And I'm like, that's so funny that you just said it's that whole thing of like having different identities and kind of bopping around. And I'm like, just tell them I'm a podcast host and a yoga instructor because Mm -hmm. people want people so badly to be easily defined. And I was like, I don't like being easily defined. And so when you're saying some days you might, some periods you might feel like a manifesting generator. I go through that too, even right now where my friend is a manifesting generator. I feel like I have to keep up, but my energy is not there right now. So I'm like, why push it? I'm in a much different period. Mm-hmm. Totally. And like, you know, I have reflector yeah. clients that are like one week, they're just like, I am like on fire. I'm doing everything. And the next week they're like, I can't get out of bed, you know? And yeah. it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's so your energy so beautifully operates and ebbs and flows and you can so beautifully like mirror so many different ways of being. And so the work is again, just like honoring exactly where it is you are. And you know, what's really in your control is also choosing to be in spaces that feel really good. But I think, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's so, like I said at the very beginning, like so much of being a reflector is like really honoring your uniqueness and that you operate by a different set of roles and like not trying to kind of fit in and also choosing, you know, there's a similarity to the projectors in a way where it's really important to kind of be in environments and around people that you feel really recognized and invited by, you know? Because mm-hmm. you really are here to be initiated by others, but you also want to be around the right people to kind of be initiated by. And what about the authority piece of not only reflectors, but in general for each person? Like, What does that authority mean? So the authority is around how we're meant to make decisions. And so, you know, it's it's basically like where none of us are meant to make decisions from our minds. None of us are meant to be like, okay, I'm going to create a pro-con list and decide what to do. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. really the point, but it's, so there are a lot of different ones, you know, and some are connected to type, other ones are not, but so just to give you an example of some of the different ones, if you're an emotional decision maker, which would show up as like emotional solar plexus, it means that you're not meant to, and this can be true for manifestors, for projectors, for manifesting generators, for generators. It means that you're not meant to make decisions in the moment. 
really important to give yourself time to feel into things and sleep on things before you commit because clarity for you, clarity for you doesn't come in the moment, but it really comes with time. It's not going to be like that full lunar cycle like you. It's more like 24 hours, two days, three days, like giving yourself time to get to another place in your emotional experience and to still feel excited about that thing. Because if you're an emotional decision maker, it doesn't mean your initial instinct is wrong. It just means that like you kind of need confirmation that like you still feel excited about it a little bit later because like these people are deeply emotional and kind of always riding emotional highs and lows. And when they're on the high, they might say yes to too many things. And when they're on the low, they might say yes to too little. So it's really time to kind of just be like, okay, this is exciting, but I'm going to buy myself time and make sure it still feels great a couple days later. So important to know who those people are in your life. So you give them time, you know, and don't expect them to maybe operate as quickly as you. There are some people that are sacral decision makers, which is all about your gut response, gut response in the moment. It's a very visceral feeling in your belly. It's like an excited buzz, an uncomfortable nod. It's your body opening up towards something or kind of shutting down. Like, you know, there's so much talk out there, like follow your gut. Like you and I aren't really meant to have gut responses, but these people, like they've just got a gut feeling. They just have a knowing in their body. And like when the gut feeling is not there, it's either just not the right thing or it's not the right time yet. So they're kind of waiting for that full body gut. Yes. And so much of the work is knowing that like, they're not going to be able to explain it. You know, if you hear them being like, yeah, I'm going to take this job because like the pay is a little bit better. Like maybe the commute will be a little bit less. Like that is not their gut speaking. Their gut is like, this thing feels right or it doesn't, don't know why, but we'll find out later. Then we have splenic people. Splenic people are... Uh, here to make decisions very spontaneously, intuitively, impulsively, like kind of the opposite of the emotional decision makers. Like the minute they have like a spontaneous urge, they're meant to just kind of go for it. Intuition operates different than the gut response. The gut response is a very visceral feeling in the belly. The intuition is just like a quiet knowing, a resonance, like a whisper that you hear. There are some people that are what we call self-projected decision makers. This is only possible for projectors. And they're really meant to talk things out, listen to what they say, just like verbally process. Like their knowing becomes clear when they give it a voice. So their work is to basically surround themselves with people that they trust and just let themselves talk and kind of allow the truth to just plop out. There are some people that are meant to make decisions based on their ego, you know, which is all around like asking themselves, like, is my heart in it? Do I have the willpower to do this? Do I have the fortitude to do this? Like the idea is that when, um, when like a decision truly takes care of them, that's going to be like the right thing for them. So to always ask themselves, like, will this decision really take care of me and to kind of be really intentionally selfish in all the right ways for decision. There are some people called mental or environmental. This is all about being in the right space and talking things out. And then for you as a reflector, there's a little bit of that element, but you're designed to give yourself, like we talked about, a full 20 to 30 days before you make a big decision. Maybe it won't always take that long. Maybe it will sometimes take multiple cycles. But the idea is that truth kind of comes to you through that cycle. So in that time, like putting yourself in places that feel good, letting yourself talk things out with people and kind of waiting for just like a knowing to emerge. So how does that one feel to you? Because that's obviously such a unique, different way of operating. That one is, I was going to say, that's the only one that I don't feel aligned with because I am incredibly impulsive. I make decisions within less than a week. Like if I'm booking a trip, if I find it on Monday, I'm either booking it like that night, the next day, or two days later, I'm not waiting longer than two weeks. If I'm, I would say the longest decision I've ever waited to make was quitting my old job and moving to Australia. That took a very, very long time to come to terms mm-hmm. with and then figure out when to go and how much money to save. That was the biggest time period. But yeah, I am like pretty like, okay, I want a decision now. And yeah. it, this is like with groups too. I'm like, can we not just come to a decision in the next like few hours? Like, why is this taking so long? And I think that's why this for me goes back to the reflector energy. I don't like working in groups. 
Yeah. And do you feel like it? Cause like there's a lot of areas in winter design in your design where like, there's definitely going to be a pressure that you feel to make decisions quickly. Like, do you feel that making decisions that quickly, like has generally worked for you? Like, do you think that's just, that is the right strategy? I'm trying to think it's like, I guess when I say worked for me, for me, it's like, if it didn't work, then I looked at it as like, okay, then I could just adjust it or tweak it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of something that like didn't really work. I guess one of my last relationships, <laughs> just like jumping into it and then getting like the thing you were saying about dating and waiting a lunar yeah. cycle, like really lean into it and like, see if this person's right. And I was just like gung ho, like all in really quickly. And that's I definitely something that like did not work out when I was so impulsive about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, again, with all of human design, like if something's working for you, I am never going to tell you to not do it. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. but I would just like keep it in mind, you know? And I think even with that thing of like, okay, maybe I'll commit to it, but then also I'll check in in a third in like in 30 days and see if it's really true for me, you know? And like, you know, one small example I have is that I had a reflector client a few months ago and like, you know, reflectors are very susceptible to kind of like really like magnifying the identities of other people and the excitements of other people. So like she met this photographer and she was like, Oh my God, I love what you do. I love your excitement. I want to be a photographer. I want this to be my career. I'm in, you know? So she went all in for three weeks and then she's like, "Mm, not the right thing for me anymore. You know, but she kind of needed that period of time to be like, just confirm to really sample it and confirm that like it wasn't the thing. So like, I would just always kind of keep that in mind. It sounds like you allow yourself to pivot and move if it's not the right thing. Um, but in general, also my recommendation for reflectors is to not be around people that like pressure them or really hurry them and just like trust that you'll do things in your own timing. So if it's coming from like a very genuine, like, I just know I want to do it, like absolutely go for it, you know, but I just would make sure it's not coming from this pressure. Like I have to decide now I have to make a decision quickly, but it's more just mm-hmm. like an authentic, like just knowing. Right. And that whole thing about reflectors and their environments, a hundred percent true too, because there was a period in Australia where I was feeling so down and I was like, I don't understand this. Like on paper, this should be the best time of my life. I live in Bondi beach. The sun is shining, blah, blah, blah. And my friend was like, I think it's your work environment. Like where you work is draining you. And I was only going three times a week. It was a part-time job. But then mm-hmm. I realized I'm like, yeah, like their, their morals and the people that are running the company. And like, it would, they wouldn't even talk to me. It wasn't like we had one-on-one conversations. It was just like, there was something in the air to me that I would leave feeling like so drained and icky and then like bring that into my personal life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, it just, you don't need to explain it. Like my encouragement for you is just like, if a space or community doesn't feel right, move on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Knowing that you're taking in everything in that space and you're magnifying it. So like you're here to be like a ruthless curator of your people and your spaces you know, and Mm -hmm. also knowing that like, they're not meant to feel good forever. So it's like, wow, this community felt so good for two years. And like, it doesn't anymore. So like, I'm gonna allow myself to keep moving. Yeah, that resonates a lot. Because I, I've always had a fear of looking like a job hopper, or people think I'm going through a phase, like you can't commit. And I'm like, it's not like I can't commit. I have I commit to a lot of things. It's like I do them fully. And then I like you said, doesn't feel good anymore. So then I move on. So Maybe that totally. is the definition of non-committal, but then it's like, yeah. but that's what works for me. Totally. 100%. Yeah. And, and, um, in terms of that, like, do you feel like you're really like in the doing, like, do you feel like with the work that you do, you feel that pressure, like do, 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 or do you feel like you're pretty good at honoring the ebbs and the flows of your energy? I definitely, in my last job was like, do, 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 do. And then, uh, when I moved to Australia, that was like a big 
part that I was like, if you're going to take a job, please make sure that it actually, you know, works with your timeline and like how you want to operate or be like a little more autonomous. And so that was really important to me when I was job hunting. But now actually, because of coronavirus, I ended up in a situation where I'm a nanny right now for accommodation. But in a way, it's been such a gift because all the free time I have is working on all the projects that I want to work on. Like I said, wearing all those different hats, like now I'm fully diving into helping people with podcasting and yoga and and building a platform for that, that now I'm like, oh my God, finally I can do all this stuff. But I am definitely, I think it's because I'm hanging out with so many like manifesting generators and generators Mm. that I feel like I have to keep up where I told my friends this week, we had actually a little mastermind call and I was like, I am overwhelmed. Like I just made a checklist of 100 things I have to do and I can't even get my mind to like do one of them because I feel like I have to go, go, go. But my energy is like, you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. Totally. So just honoring it as much as possible, you know, just being like, you know what? Like, yeah, maybe I was meant to go, go, go last week, but like not available for that this week, you know, and, and trusting that. Mm -hmm. What about, there's a lot of people listening. I think that it's including me that I hear pieces of all the other profiles and types and I'm like, Oh, well that's me too. Well, that's me too. Well, I, I resonate with that. It's very similar to how horoscopes, you know, when you read it, your mind's like bias kind of holds on to the things that, Oh yeah, well that did happen to me once. And I did, mm-hmm. that is true. So I'm curious, like I'm trying to think of how to word this question because human design is really to me complex. Um, how, like your type is your type, right? It doesn't just change. Like that is what you are. And it is what- I was just going to ask, like, is it something that changes every day? Like a horoscope, you know how you check your daily horoscope? Like, do you have like yeah. a daily human design update? Okay. So a few things, your type is your type. There are going to be other pieces that like do like that are going to speak more to this. Like there are people, for example, if you resonate with like the reflector piece of being really sensitive to your space and having like, um, a fluid identity, like there's a piece in your design that can definitely speak to that. So there's going to be pieces that kind of give you the full picture when you look at your chart. I think for you specifically as a reflector, like part of your magic is that you're actually all the types, but none of them consistently. Do you know what I mean? Like you, when you look at, and yes, there is a daily thing that you can look at. We call it a transit. It's basically like what the planets and the world are kind of activating in you that day. It's like, there are days where I'm like, Oh my God, I have so much energy to get things done. And I'm like, Oh, I really see that I'm like really um, activated like a generator today, you know, or a manifesting generator. I think that for you as a reflector, like part of why the month is your recommendation is because you've got to go through a cycle every month of having periods, like I said, where you feel like a projector, where you feel like a manifesting generator, where you feel like a generator, where you feel like a manifester, like all that is present in you. So it's actually so normal that you would feel that or resonate with that because Mm -hmm. like you're going to kind of go through those cycles every month. The key for you is to not know that, to not rely on them as consistent. It's kind of transient passing, like leveraging the energy that's there and then letting it go. Whereas those other types like have access to it all the time. I'm just going to ask about like the not self theme. That is something that even that word not self theme, it's just a crazy set of words. Can we talk about what that means and and how that applies to each uh, type? Of course. I think that every type will have kind of signatures that reveal whether they're on or off track. It is really compelling for people because they're like, what is my not self? You know, the idea is that it's just like a signature of being at, like out of alignment or off track. And so for generators and manifesting generators, a sense of being off track is a real feeling of frustration, which is often just kind of like resentment, dissatisfaction, the work that they do, like 
feeling like they're initiating and it's not happening for them and the sense of being on track is deep satisfaction enjoying connected to the work that they're doing really allowing things to come to them um, for projectors off track is bitterness not feeling recognized not feeling appreciated not feeling invited in on track is success feeling recognized appreciated invited in to share for manifestors off track is anger often when your flow is disrupted on track is peace allowing you to kind of manifest and be in your own creative flow with peace um, with ease and then for reflectors off track is a sense of disappointment which is kind of like magnifying all these energies that aren't yours, maybe a lack of well-being. And on track is a feeling of surprise. And the surprise piece is because there is this like fluid nature to you to kind of be a little bit just like surprised every day. It's like, this is how I'm feeling today. And this is how I'm feeling in this environment. And like kind of allowing yourself to be in this magical flow of life, you know, and not trying to be just one thing or like stick just in one space. That's so funny because I literally, I'm just constantly, every time you say this, I think of me and my friend, that's the manifesting generators relationship. So we talk so much about our personal lives and business and I'll literally be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so surprised this person did this, or I got paid today to do this. It's such a surprise. And in her mind, because she's a manifesting generator, she's like, yeah, of course that would happen because you like worked at it. And I'm like, well, that for you being a manifesting generator, you say you're going to do something and it's done that night for yeah. me it is such a different like mindset and process that I, I am like surprised when something not good happens. That's not the word, but like I do have this element of surprise that is like very nice to, to look forward to. And mm -hmm. I'm just thinking again of her being the manifesting generator that she is. She's like, yeah, of course, like you manifest everything that you put your mind to. Of course mm -hmm. that would work out. And I'm like, it, it's just interesting to hear mm -hmm. all the different types. Totally. Totally you know, and like, it's not like as a projector, like I'm never frustrated, but like, I don't resonate with that feeling very much. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the bitterness mm -hmm. I really get. And so like, it is just like the point in understanding these for ourselves is not like, okay, I've got to eradicate bitterness or like eradicate disappointment. It's just like, it's just a tool to course correct. It's a tool to kind of really step back and reevaluate. So like, if I'm not feeling, if I'm feeling bitter, it's often like, this isn't the right relationship or client or opportunity for me. Like I've got to either leave the thing or maybe have a conversation and see if their recognition is still there. And I would say for you, if you're really feeling disappointment, it's like, you know what, this is probably not the right space for me. I'm probably taking stuff that isn't very healthy. Like how, what about if I remove myself from this space and like, are there spaces or people that I feel more drawn to right now? Mm. And disappointment, is it just, is it with anything? Like, is it, I feel like heavily, a lot of this stuff is around like career and love. But does this have to do with like with the world at large? Okay, so yeah. everything. And I think also as a reflector, like because you're so sensitive, like there can be a little bit of a disappointment with the world in some ways because like you can be so sensitive to like the pain and suffering of other people. But I think it is like learning how to see that without taking it on as your own, you know, without mm -hmm. like getting lost in it. And it's more just like, okay, like I see what's going on. How can I, like so much of your, you know, there's a lot of power in reflectors like helping people move towards like, peace and like harmony and like because they can just like see what's not working and help people move towards what is so kind of seeing the potential in that rather than just being like oh my god I'm so overwhelmed by all this stuff and like I'm just like taking it all on and not allowing myself time to release it that's very true too I remember feeling at one point earlier this year when I made that leap myself to Australia and people were like oh you're so brave and you know, you did that. And in my mind, I was like, so disappointed. And I'm like, you can do this too. Like you have potential mm -hmm. to do whatever you want. You can quit your job. Like, why are you staying in all these things if you hate them? And I was like, 
it would actually like really heavily weighing on me where I was like, Chelsea, mm-hmm. why do you care this much about totally. other people's decisions? And I was like, God, I wish that person would just do that one thing that they've always wanted to do. And it started like eating at me. And I'm like, okay, yes. this is not like you said, it's not mine to take on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so seeing it's like treating all the things you're feeling as just like intel into the world around you rather than kind of like taking it on and amplifying it as your own. I have a question about your ability to read people. Like, are there certain traits or characteristics or things that you just look at people or they tell you something and you're like, oh, yep, that's a reflector, that's a projector, Mm. or or is it not like that? Yeah, I mean, I always need to look it up. You know, I think that like to verify because people could be operating super in or out of alignment. Every type is going to have different energetic signatures. You know what I mean? Like, I think generators and manifesting generators are often like you're around them and you feel like when they're energized by what they're doing you're like i am so excited like it's just like so they're so magnetizing it's just like they're like are pulling everything to them like and i think with projectors our energy is like very penetrating like i can often very much feel a projector it's like they're kind of just like staring into you and like that's part of why they need the invitation because like if people aren't ready for it it can just be too much um and then i think for manifestors their energy is a little bit more closed i can often really i mean i can i guess often and like often i'm right but like you know sometimes i'm definitely not but i think that like they're just a little bit more closed a little bit like less accessible in their energy which is why they need to kind of initiate and make the first move i think reflectors like they're because they're always kind of like mirroring these different things those ones are a little bit harder to just like feel on the energetic level but you know there are all these qualities in our design around like you know areas in which you're really open and sensitive to kind of taking in other people's energy. And I often can, knowing those so deeply, I can often feel like, oh, that person like has an open emotional center, has an open throat, open head, you know? So like, there's so many like human design has just because, you know, I'm working with it all day, every day. Like it just becomes such a filter, you know, where I can like, and even my partner, like he's the same way in a room. He's like, mm, they have an open throat. Oh, they have an open center here. But like, you can just really feel it, you know? And it's funny. I always ask my partner to guess what a type is, what, what someone is before I look them up he's often Mm. right oh and so like and he's even better than i am with it because he's just like "Mm, she's a projector and it's just like because it's just like the knowing the essence of each type you really can feel that in people i feel like i can always recognize generators and manifesting generators like you said Mm. that it's very magnetizing you want to be around them it's very like oh i want to know more but i I cannot get the other ones (laughs) yeah totally and just start paying attention you know I think you'll start to like, as you go into it more and probably meet more of those people, you're start, you'll start to feel it even more. Right. This is a random question, but do you find reflectors generally have a hard time sleeping? Mm, I think that I don't find that. I think that like the recommendation for reflectors with sleeping is that you sleep in your own space. Like I said, you sleep in your own energy. Um, you're in a space that feels really good and you don't kind of like have heavy stimulation before you go to bed. That it would be okay. like, that you really like take an hour to like really unwind and kind of release all the energy that's not yours, take a bath, meditate, and then, you know, and then sleep. Whereas like for generators, like they should just use up all their energy, you know, use it, use it up so they can like sleep and in a more sound way. Okay. Good to know. I definitely need to put the phone away. I mean, that's just like basic one-on-one is not look at your phone before bed, but yeah, I always have a really hard time sleeping. It affects you a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's like a, actually was to the point where I was looking at my sleep, what's it called? Like on your app that shows you how many hours you sleep and my Mm. patterns were so off that it was like, this is Mm. wild. You need a routine. Yeah, totally. What about profiles working well together? Like, is that a thing that two profiles would work well together in business or like even a romantic relationship? 
types you mean? Yeah. Um, I think that with the types, I think anything's possible. You know what I mean? I'm never going to look at two partners and be like, it's not in the cards for you. I think some relationships are going to require a little bit more work than others. I think I love doing the partnership sessions because it's just so revealing. Cause I think anything's possible. And we like understand that someone's different and we honor that and we don't expect them to be more similar to us than they are. Um, so I think that, you know, if you're with somebody who's a very different type, like just honoring, like they operate really differently, having your own sleeping spaces if possible. If there's like, if you're a similar type, if you have similar ways of making decisions, there's just going to be a resonance, like a real foundation of just like friendship, you know? And so I think that like either can work. Absolutely. I think probably the best business partnerships are like generator projector, manifesting generator projector. That's kind of like such an ideal business combo because they bring such different things to the table. Um, but, but yeah, I, I really do believe anything's possible. I think it's really just about understanding those differences and how to kind of best support them. Right. And a question about reflectors was obviously I am one, but I never thought of it was the being less than, what is it? 1% of the population. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Like what happened within the universe that there's so little reflectors? Like, I don't know if that is the right question to ask, but yeah, I think makes sense. <laughs> I think that like, we just like the magic is we all need each other. And I think because reflectors are really here to be our collective mirrors and our evaluators, like we don't need, you know, we don't need 50% of the population to be our mirrors. It's like, it's just such a valuable perspective. And like the majority of our population are the people that are here to be the builders, the creators, the doers, the people that kind of bring things to life. And so I think for you, it's like, so I wouldn't get too lost in it, but I, I just know that like, you just carry a really unique gift. And I don't think that we need, you know, a super high percentages of them because I think that like the magic is you can kind of mirror back any space that you're in. So you don't need, you know, bajillion reflectors. Um, but again, mm-hmm. it, it changes over time. Like there might be more reflectors, you know, as we go on, like the percentages might not always be static. You know, we definitely are having more projectors now. So I think that like, it is just trusting that you bring such a unique thing to the table and like, you can kind of mirror back an entire space. So like you like by yourself can like already do such great work on your own. Wow. There's just so much to unpack with human design. I feel like I have 4,000 more questions, but it seems mm-hmm. like you have a ton of resources that we can actually turn to. So can you tell us a little bit about like what that blueprint offers if someone were to download it or purchase it? Yeah. So the blueprint is definitely a great place to start. And it's a 30 page PDF that I make on your kind of just your unique design. So it covers your type, your strategy, your authority, um, all the open centers, the areas where you're super sensitive, um, you're not self, what it looks like to be aligned, how you're meant to best process information, your natural strengths, how you're here to manifest your purpose, so many different pieces. And the idea is it's like just a manual that you can kind of keep returning to. And so really recommend that. Um, and then I also do sessions, individual sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions as well, if you want to dive deeper. Awesome. What about partnership sessions for, um, I'm trying to think like, it sounds like you work a lot with businesses. Like it's, you can do it for full on teams too. Yeah, I do. So I do, I do partnership sessions, both for like couples and also business partners, but also do sessions for teams. So and working with teams to kind of just like help them understand how to best function as a unit, you know, and just like really understand how different each person on the team is and how to kind of best support each other. Love that. So there's, this isn't just a solo thing to look at like it really is like you said an operating manual to see how people can work well together 100 percent, you know and you can and there's so much that's revealed when you actually like layer the charts on top of each other and you're like oh these are all the areas where you're going to trigger each other and 
you know, and what the, who will set the emotional tone and the communication dynamics. So it just gives us so much insight into kind of all those energetics that are underneath the surface. I love that. So your website was, can you repeat it for everybody? Yeah, my website is, I didn't mention it, is erinclairjones.com and my Instagram is erinclairjones. So I share a lot on Instagram um, and all that info is on the website, but you can reach out to me on Instagram or my website. I'm available either place. Oh my gosh. Love it. I feel like you guys, we scratched like the surface, but there is so much more to uncover. So I would probably go get this blueprint because this was to you. You're probably like, this is like one-on-one human design, but I'm so happy that people like you exist to actually share these Mm. gifts with us because like you said, it sounds like it's such a powerful, empowering way to live. But if we don't have people that can guide us and show us what on earth this all means, then it's like pointless. So thank you for coming on and and sharing all this knowledge. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. Erin is offering a 10% discount off her human design blueprints, which go extremely deep into detail. You can use code non-expertpod to get the scoop on your human design because we barely scratched the surface today. Again, that is non-expertpod, non-expertpod to get 10% off one of her blueprints. There's so much to learn, and this is definitely not my last podcast focusing on human design, so stay tuned. Again, one more time, non-expert pod for 10% off. And if you want to look up your human design, you can go to her website, erinclairjones.com slash lookup, and you can also book individual sessions with her on her website. Her entire website is just erinclairjones.com, and you'll find so much information there. Definitely follow her on Instagram at erinclairjones. That's how I am keeping up with my profile and understanding how to navigate these uncertain times, especially as someone that is very sensitive to energy. I'm a reflector, and Erin has so much information around that. So get in touch with her. If you want to follow me and the podcast, you can always go to Instagram, nonexpertopinionpod. You can write into the podcast, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com or visit inmynonexpertopinion.com, the website. As always, if you found value, please go rate, review, and subscribe. And with that, we will see you next week. <laughs>